Hello everyone, and welcome to the show where it's Mariah Carey's world, and we're all just living in it until December 26th. My name is Christy. And my name is Illumide. And this is the Big Empty Purse podcast. When we plan dinner parties, the bottle of lactate, it just comes out automatically. You set it out on the counter. Salt, pepper, lactate. <laughs> Salt, pepper, and lactate. That Honestly. should be the name of season three. <laughs> I'm writing it down. So, Illumide, what have you been up to since the last episode? I've done a reasonable amount, I should say. I planned and hosted a Halloween get-together, which I thought was very successful. So, shout out to everybody who came. I appreciate you all. The theme of the party was... I forget if it was do the most or do too much. Yeah, the theme of the party was do too much. And everybody, with the exception of two people, came and they did too much. And there were at least 20 people at the party. So, it was so much fun. We ate, we drank... We had karaoke. We played some get-to-know-you questions. It was a good time. It was an absolute good time. Everybody came. They understood the assignment. They brought the right attitude. They brought the vibes. So, again, thank you to those who came. And for those of you who came and did not do the most, two of you know who you are, you raggedy bitches. I will see you next time. What else did I do? I also, I think I consumed a singular content. I watched Candyman, the horror or thriller. And the, the recent one or the... the yeah the recent one featuring Yaya Abdul Mateen and mm. the guy from Misfits Nathan Stewart Jarrett by the way I had I still do the biggest crush on Nathan Stewart Jarrett this man is <laughs> fine I actually could not watch obviously I don't watch anything at 1x speed but there were parts of that movie that I had to skip mm. it was some parts of it I was like uh-uh we're not doing this I like you know how you can tell when they set the mood of the scene that there's going to be a jump scare in the scene Mm-hmm. Like the scene where they're in the art gallery. That scene, when like the light go out, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I literally just fast forwarded that scene to the very end of that scene. Before. Because you know there was a jump scare coming. Uh-huh. I just, I couldn't do it. But yeah. I watched the whole thing just to get the gist of it. And I guess we should discuss it. Do they flip the narrative and make those monsters kind of like heroes of black culture? Kind of, if I'm remembering right. They definitely like reframed a lot of the story from the 90s one. I didn't see the 90s um, one is the thing. So mm. I'm so, so, okay. So Candyman is apparently a myth or maybe not a myth of a person who used to give kids candy in some housing community that was for low income. And they thought this person was handing kids candy with razor blades in them. Problem is they killed him. Meanwhile, after he was dead, Kids still kept getting candy with razor blades. So apparently it wasn't that guy. So they just killed him for no reason. But apparently if you say his name in the mirror, he kills you. Or at least he appears. I don't know how that works out. It was very confusing to me because Yaya Abdul-Mateen's character says his name. And later at the end of the movie, his love interest at the beginning also says his name. But those two survived. I'm so confused about that. Maybe if I didn't watch the movie on 5X, I would get it. (laughs) I must have missed a lot of details. I do think that the makeup artist that worked on Yaya did a really good job that that was in the words of that scottish woman it was disgusting <laughs> yeah that was proper gross and also the commentary on the art world because it kind of compared the art style of the main character to what basquiat did in the 80s to be honest i still don't understand basquiat's work so i guess <laughs> if any of you really think i'm being ignorant how about you don't drag me and you actually teach me what i'm missing thank you very much how about you what have you been up to since the last episode lots of halloween things 
I'm bummed we didn't overlap at any Halloween things. I burned myself out. Actually, I made, I had four Halloween things planned and I only made it to the first two because I burned myself out. But, yeah, Friday night went to like big raucous Halloween house party. Uh, and then Saturday night hosted like a small Halloween dinner party. The costume was uh, me, my husband, John, and another friend of ours dressed as John was the lumberjack. Our friend was Red Riding Hood and I was the big bad wolf. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I forgot to take a single picture. This is one of the few times, because you know I don't like photos. I don't take oh. photos. This is the one of the few times I wish I was part of like a group photo. Yeah, see, I usually am the photo bitch, especially with myself. I'll like make people be like, I like my outfit. John, take photos of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, like group things. Like I have definitely at things I've hosted at my house made people take group photos. I did consume one content, one Halloween-related content, also a scary movie, called The Empty Man. Once again, I think this is the this is the same case as The Taking of Deborah Logan, which I also watched, which I'm not mad about, but no deep meaning. The acting wasn't, like, top-notch. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad acting. Like, it was a pretty good story. It was pretty good acting. It was pretty good writing. It was scary. It was a fun movie. It's not one of those where I'm gonna be, like, singing its praises to everyone or, like, thinking about it for a long time. Uh, I watched, uh... Lethal Weapon, which I had never seen before. Oh, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes. <laughs> I did not realize it was from that. It was a great movie. I don't know how I had missed that one. Isn't Jet Li in that movie? No, at least not the first one. Apparently there are four of them and apparently three and four are good and two is not. This is what I've been told. I don't remember all of it, but I know I've seen at least one of those Lethal Weapon movies and I think one of them has Jet Li in it. I'm not sure though. The person who was recommending it to me was like, oh, like have you watch Die Hard? And I was like, yeah, I've seen Die Hard. And they were like, oh, have you seen Lethal Weapon? And I was like, no. He's like, you gotta watch Lethal Weapon. And I didn't realize this is another one. It's exactly like Die Hard where it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's set at Christmas. Really? The person who recommended it forgot me too. I was like, oh, you had uh, Christmas movies on the mind. Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> the opening credits are set to Jingle Bell Rock. And then someone jumps out a window and commits suicide. <laughs> I don't remember any of the details of that movie. I just remember Danny Glover was so done with Like his character was done with it. That is all I remember from that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, both Danny Glover and Mel Gibson just like committed so hard to their characters. Like he's giving I'm too old for this shit energy in every scene. And it's great. Uh, that raggedy bitch Daylight Savings is almost upon us. I'm just bitching because I don't want it to get dark. And we had some false hope earlier in the year when the Senate passed that bill to make Daylight Savings permanent. And then it just like disappeared into the ether. The ether being the house. But the thing is, like, I honestly didn't think it would happen. If it were going to happen, I didn't think it would happen the same year that they brought it up. Are they still going to, like, if it's stalled in the house, is it, is it going to become like a, like, will it, will it die there eternally? Or will they bring it back up the next daylight savings? I'd be lying if I said I had any idea. Huh. <laughs> back in our days, devices did not automatically switch back and forth for you. You actually had to wake up the morning of and know that you had to switch your clocks back. You had to switch your phone back. Well, I guess not. Yeah, I guess some of the older phones. You'd have to switch your wristwatch, your oven clock, your microwave clock. If you didn't do it the night before you went to sleep, especially in spring forward time, you'd be late. I'd be, I used to be late on spring forward in high school. I would go to high school like a whole fucking hour late, wondering what the fuck. And then I'd be like, ooh, that's why. And even in college, on one of the fallback days, I went to an exam an hour early. One of the new annoying things about it that I've discovered is that animals don't have any idea what this means. Oh. So when we go back an hour, the dog wants to go out what is to him and in the in reality the same time, but now is suddenly an hour earlier than I actually want to get up or need to get up. Oh. Oh, he's going to wait an extra hour. He's going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to play a game today? Are we going to play a game today? We are going to play a game today. We're going to play trivia today. It's coming hot. Question number 1. 
How long is an eon in geology? I have no I didn't know clue. this was a specific amount of time. I thought yeah. this just meant like a long time. If somebody asks you how long is a light year, I don't know. Because a light year is distance. It's not time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, it's how far light would travel in a year, right? Right. Like the- but for this eon, I don't know any frame of reference to even decide what it could be. I don't know if it's based on light. Right. I don't know if it's based on Earth rotation. I don't know if it's based on a black hole, which I don't even know what that is. I don't know. I'm assuming it's a ridiculously long time. Would it be, would it be more than a millennium? It's in geology. Oh, no, so it has time. to do. And Eon, would it be how long it'll take for, for compressed matter to become fuel? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Let's just say it's more than a millennium. I'm going to wildly swing in the other direction and say 10,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> that seems more reasonable, right? Just finding out now that this even means a specific amount of time. How long is an Eon in geology? Oh, the answer is a billion years. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so I guess the yeah. Earth is what? 13.8 eons old? Actually, what? the universe. Yeah, used in astronomy or geology as a unit of time equal to a billion years. It doesn't seem very useful in geology. Like, I guess it is. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the term. In astronomy, it makes sense to refer to a billion years. But in but, geology, it seems... Why? Oh, I guess, you know what? I guess the Earth is more than one eon old, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Which country is the leading exporter of Christmas trees? Canada. That's what I was going to guess, too. I don't think it's the United States because... I don't know. I feel like we use so many here. I don't feel like we'd export them. Canada makes sense <laughs> to me, though, because they have so much land. I'm going to cover more ground. And I'm actually going to guess the United States. All right. Which country is the leading exporter of Christmas trees? The answer is Canada. Hey! Hey! One point. I would love to. You know, the thing is, I've actually never been to Canada. No? I've never been to Canada. I think one of these days I'll just go just to just to go. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I've been there once on a ski trip. And so I didn't really get to experience Canada. I experienced a ski lodge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe I'll go in the winter just so I can see how bad could it get. <laughs> it can get bad. <laughs> like I said, I went to ski. We didn't realize... Just didn't think about it. We were also going through like Quebec. So we crossed the border in Canada and did not think about the fact that our phones only worked, like only had service in the US. So we crossed the border into Canada and suddenly we didn't have phone service. So we didn't have directions and all of the signs were in French and it was snowing. Wow. We struggled. (laughs) All the signs were in French and in kilometers. (laughs) So we had like no sense of things. It was, it was messy. It was messy. It was snowing so hard. It was dark. I would have turned back and gone right back to these United States. Mm. But the part of these United States we had come out of was like hours and hours of nothing in upstate New York. Like nothing. I see your point. (laughs) Did you see that the lottery is over a billion dollars again? No. It is. And I'm tempted to go play it just in case I win. That would be Mm. nice. All right. Question number three. In 1893, which country became the first to give women the right to vote? Not these United States. Know that much. I don't know. I feel like it would probably be some European country. Well, I should watch the answers Canada again, but I don't know. Like maybe it's one of the like Scandinavian countries. I feel like they tend to be the trendsetters in like no more like uh, more like Denmark, Norway, Denmark, Norway. Finland, okay. like those types of. I don't know. This is a good question, but I, you know what? I'm going to stick with Russia just because. I'm gonna take like all the Scandinavian countries just <laughs> as a whole. All of them. <laughs> a Scandinavian country. <laughs> All right. In 1893, the country that became the first to give women the right to vote was New Zealand. Ah, oh, hmm. it was not a European country. Good for you, New Zealand. 
So the topic we'll be discussing today is entertaining. We should probably do a, a topic on entertainment. Mm-hmm. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> today, today we are the entertainment because right. we are entertaining. So, Olimide, do you entertain often, and do you enjoy entertaining? By entertaining, you mean host people for the purpose of enjoyment? Yes, I guess we didn't do that book report, but yes. <laughs> it takes some planning and energy, and I'm lazy, so not often. <laughs> Do I enjoy it? Not at the beginning.、Hmm. Not at the beginning. Eventually, I warm up and it's a good time. But、mm-hmm. the before and the after is not enjoyable at all. How about you? Do you entertain often? And do you enjoy it? We do entertain often,、uh, me and my husband. And I do, for the most part, enjoy it. There are stressful parts of it. In general, it's something that we enjoy doing, and we like to take it pretty far. So, and it's something we get better at and like are more equipped for.、Mm. Like, I feel like. The more you entertain, the easier it is to entertain. Yeah. So I think that helps with being able to enjoy it. I guess a good question is, what do you need to consider when entertaining? Many, many a thing.、Mm, a no, really, entertaining is like keeping track of so many different things and like different timelines. Like it can be very logistically complicated. But what do you need to consider? The food. I mean,、right. maybe we just host a lot of dinner parties, but honestly, like that's one of the first things that comes to mind. I think that's the important thing. If you have trash food at your thing, fuck off. No, if people are hungry or if the food is bad. While you're on the topic, I'll let you finish. But、mm-hmm. at our age, the number of food allergies and dietary restrictions that people、mm-hmm. our age have, motherfucker. If you are entertaining, you gotta know that shit. You really have to know、mm-hmm. that shit. It's a lot. We just hosted the Halloween dinner party. We just hosted. We had one person who was a vegetarian and one person who does not like to eat food with eyes. <laughs> Like, I don't. I don't like, get that. Like with the eyes still on it. So like the whole fish was on the table, and she could see its eyes, and she didn't want to eat it. It was the manner of serving. Many one of the many dietary restrictions we take into account when we、uh, when we plan dinner parties. The bottle of lactaid. It just comes out automatically if we're entertaining. You set it out on the counter. Salt, pepper, lactaid. <laughs> salt, pepper, and lactaid. That should be the name of season three. <laughs> salt, salt, pepper. <laughs> I'm writing it down. We've had so many good season names. We'll have to just keep doing this into eternity, just to use all of the season names. I also think drinks. Yes. I don't believe anybody our age should be throwing a party that's dry. If you are going to throw any kind of party、no. or get together, please provide alcohol. Yes. I don't give a shit what your moral obligations are. Get some fucking alcohol <laughs> in that bitch. Preferably something stronger than beer and wine. Some places beer and wine seems to hold just fine. Spirits and liquors, you need that shit. Even if you don't imbibe, it's a it's an intense social situation. People like it. People expect it. It's also like a fun like both food and drink are something that I find like the most fun about entertaining. Drinking can be a little bit of a balancing act of making sure people like drink enough to be comfortable but don't get like shitty because that can happen. Sometimes we miscalibrate on that. <laughs> yeah, we we hosted a New Year's Eve here and people brought a lot of batched cocktails. Which are a great thing for entertaining because playing bartender and making individual cocktails like it's fun, it's impressive. But like if you're doing a group of people, batched. Like obviously beer and wine are easy to batch, but cocktails are fun and can be more extra. Batch those bitches with the caveat that you need to remember they are cocktail strength, and if they are in a big pitcher or a jug, people will just pour whatever size of glass they have. They will fill it with whatever is in that thing. So if they have like an eight ounce glass and they just fill it up with cocktail, they're drinking like three cocktails. So we had that happen at New Year's Eve because everyone had plastic champagne flutes and we're drinking cocktails out of them because we just had them. I'm not talking mixed drinks. I'm talking like mostly liquor. I just realized this. Well, I didn't just realize. This. I've been doing this for a very long time. Have a portable coat rack.、Mm. 
have a fucking mm-hmm. portable coat rack with wheels. When I tell you this is a must-have, if you are throwing any get-together at your place, have one. Doesn't matter what season, doesn't matter, just have one. Because the problem is, people will show up to your place and not have fucking common sense. They will throw their coat any place. And then when they're leaving, they have to ask everybody else to get up and look behind them to find a fucking coat. As opposed to just having... And the thing is, if you... If you happen to have one of those fantastic homes where you actually have a coat closet and it's well organized, great. It saves you like at least 15 <laughs> minutes there. Because if you're the host, everybody's coming up to you, oh, can I have my coat back? Can I have my coat back? Uh-uh, this is not a coat check. There's a rack. There are hangers. You put it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember growing up because our parents' generation just had this, like everyone had these enormous houses with a bajillion bedrooms. So there was just the bedroom where everyone put their coats on the bed. <laughs> I don't know if you experienced like growing oh, up. Oh yeah, like... that so, wow. I don't know why that was everything. It is, it's a horrible idea. But in general, I think you bring up a good point of things to consider, which is basically you want things to be as easy and obvious as possible. Like you, you as the host don't want to be like having people every five seconds being like, where is the trash? Where's the recycling? Where should I put my coat? Where are the napkins? Where where can I get a glass for water? Where can like, right. I'll put, I'll put signs. I don't like, it's everywhere. I'm like, if I'm a guest and I'm like holding a can that I want to recycle, where would I be looking? And I try and like put it like in line of sight. I'll put labels on things. I'll put the more obvious I can make everything where the bathroom is. Like, even if it's not that many people. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. The bathroom. See, people always ask when they show up, where's the bathroom? And I say, oh, it's the the second door on your left. Mm-hmm. People are not that bright. They will open the first <laughs> door on their left. And they're just yep. like, what? So what I've started doing is I will lock the first door on the left and I'll put a sign. Mm-hmm. I'll like just take a piece of black duct tape and form like a cross on the door. And I'll just say the door with the cross on it. If they're too stupid to realize it, they will reach for the first door and try to open it. When that door doesn't open, it'll occur to them. Like you have to think of these dumb things because people inevitably will just mm-hmm. not get it. And another thing that I realized mm-hmm. This is very important. I do this in my regular life, not just for parties, but you have to triple four times, five times bag the trash can Mm. because inevitably somebody will throw something in it that's liquid. That's one. Two, when you want to take out the trash at the end of the party, you don't have to reline the bag because there's already four more after it. You just grab the top one, you tie it off and you're like Mm. that whole thing comes with you and you don't have to bother relining the trash. I do that. I even do that for my recycling bins because with recycling, it's even more likely that somebody will put liquid in there. I always use a bag that's way bigger than the actual can. That way you can tie off the ends easily. Mm-hmm. So if in case it gets overfilled and that kind of stuff. People are not good at socializing. So everybody shows up at a party and like the small talk is like, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Mm-hmm. You need a game and you need like something for people to discuss. It's always a good idea to just have a game that everybody played as a kid. Put a fucking mm-hmm. block of Jenga to the side. Oh my God, you have Jenga? <laughs> I played Jenga when I was a kid. Yada, yada. And then they start that conversation. Have conversation pieces out. Anyhow, games are the easiest ones to do. Yeah, so games games is definitely the easiest. Yeah, people need an activity. They right. can't just be free-floating. Sometimes the activity is the food. Like, like at a sit-down dinner party, a lot of times it's like multiple courses. So like the thing... The thing they're doing is like getting multiple courses of food and like that can keep people occupied. But yeah, you unless it's a group of people that already really knows each other well, you can't just have it free floating. And even then people appreciate things to do. And you're definitely right about snacks. That's an easy mistake people make with dinner parties is to like, because everything is so complex and you want to like nicely plate everything, like people will just get schwasty early. <laughs> right. You don't want that. You want to consider cleanup beforehand and afterwards. How to make it easier for you. Is this a regular dishes party where we can throw them in the dishwasher or is this a paper cup and plate party? When I tell you something, I will never be that classy bitch. I'm sorry. It won't be me. I'm not the one. The food will be good. <laughs> or at least I will think so. Mm-hmm. I also don't supply people food. I've started doing this in recent times. First of all, I've never provided food that even I don't like. I will only supply food that I know that I will be happy eating if there are leftovers. So I don't mm-hmm. get snacks that I can't eat. I won't go buy like, 
before what I would do is I would like get um bar ice cream. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore because I can't eat it. It's gonna make me sick. I'm lactose intolerant. And if mm -hmm. there's any leftovers, then I'm just stuck with it. It's gonna rot in my freezer for like another fucking five years. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know what I started doing? I started making like a photo wall. Hmm. So like I like minimalist everything. So I get those um you know those string lights that fall like a curtain. Mm -hmm. I get those. I put them on the red brick wall, and that's the photo mm -hmm. wall. So if you show up yes. and you really press to take photos, there's that wall behind. You can take photos on that wall. Photos. I personally don't like photos. I don't take a lot of photos, but at least I give people that option so they can take photos. It's nice to have that. I don't know if it's a must. That's a really good point. I should do that at more of my parties because anytime I do, people use it. Like right. I appreciate it. Like I, I said earlier, I'm the photo bitch. That's a good activity for people, especially if it's a party where it's a costume party or where you're like getting dressed up. The way you organize the furniture when you throw a get together, you have to consider that mm. so intentionally because most people just think because the couch faces the tv for the party they should leave it that way no you want the couch to face the direction of other people not the tv because otherwise mm -hmm. if i'm talking to somebody and i'm sitting on the couch i have to crane my neck to the left or to the right so just move mm -hmm. the couch so it faces the other set of chairs so people can look at each other when they're having a conversation that's people that like every time i go into somebody's house and they're throwing a get together and the couch is facing the tv i'm like stuff like that yeah. you have you honestly have to think about and everyone will congregate in the kitchen i don't even like you could put out like the nicest chairs in the world and people will still try and congregate in the kitchen right it'll just all stand there yeah we're usually like doing stuff in the kitchen like actively oh i see so they're actually in your way mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to like shoo people out of the way or get them to like start and continue conversations outside of the kitchen if it's an open floor plan so like yeah consider what entertaining is like literally just the physical space oh, that's interesting because i don't cook i'm never the one in the kitchen who's like fiddling with i don't cook <laughs> i don't clean but let me show you how i got this ring if i'm having a party i try not to serve if i'm serving anything cold or lukewarm i try to have it be individually wrapped or individually prepared if it is a communal type of serve yourself i make sure that thing is piping hot or at least mm. it has gone through a phase of being piping hot I'm not serving food poisoning to anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. Like, imagine if everybody shows up to your party and then the day after they're like, oh my God, we got sick from your party. Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm serving like a, a tray of rice that I catered, I stick it in the oven for at least 20 minutes and I let that shit get hot again. And if it's going to be like a yeah. ice cream thing, I don't serve it from a tub. I get the ice cream bars. So it's individually wrapped. No, have you seen? I, oh, I hate this trend. I see it. I keep seeing it on social media and it, it makes me angry every time. The like butter boards. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I thought I those were Instagram jokes. Those. No, people are doing those. People are really doing those. And I've seen them with like cream cheese and stuff too. So if you haven't been blessed with this on your Instagram algorithm listeners, it's like a big cutting board and they just like spread a big thick layer of like butter or some other dipping substance across it and then put like spices and other things. But then they show like they show it like it's supposed to be nice, but then they just show people like smearing a piece of bread across this butter all over the cutting board. And it looks disgusting. awful. It's disgusting. Oh. I don't know. I thought people were actually doing that as a, like a troll thing. I didn't know that's actually a good. People are having. God, people are nasty, man. <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. Oh, consider the bathroom situation, not just a sign to direct people to the bathroom. Here's the thing. If you usually like have paper towels in that bathroom, take the paper towels out. Take them out. Take them out. Listen to the sound of my <laughs> voice. Take paper towels out of your bathroom because some idiot is going to flush that. <laughs> if you have a plunger, put the plunger in that guest bathroom. Because the yes. problem is somebody's going to, you don't want any smoke and you don't want anybody to feel too embarrassed. Just go ahead and leave a plunger in that guest bathroom. Go ahead and leave a plunger in there. Leave more than two rolls of toilet paper in there. And you know how we feel yes. about single ply. Do not, in fact, if you are a, that raggedy bitch who's having single ply, we're going to fight. Mm -mm. Just don't bother don't with entertain. that. Don't put a fucking bar hand soap in there. If you are that bitch who puts bar soap in your guest bathroom, why? <laughs> put liquid soap with a pump. Preferably, now some people like the foamy stuff. 
I have a preference for not the foamy stuff. I don't like the foamy <laughs> stuff. I like the one that comes out of the liquid and you rub it in and then it starts to foam. And also, if you can, if you can, if you can, put a hand towel, at least one. If you are blessed, put two. And also, put a plug-in in there. I beg you for the, for the love of Jesus Christ. A Glade <laughs> plug-in. Go ahead and put it in there. And don't put one of those harsh-smelling ones. I prefer the ones that smell like Gourmands. I prefer the ones that smell like caramel or chocolate because it's a warm scent. And that shit covers a multitude of sins. While you're at it, put a scented hand lotion right next to it. Mm -hmm. Because you can know and make sure make sure that the hand wash, some people are allergic to scent. No, put a scented one on there. Because mm -hmm. you will know which one of your guests left the bathroom without washing their hands. When they leave and they don't smell like that <laughs> scent. That you, on, when I tell you I don't play with these raggedy bitches, I make sure I think about everything. <laughs> I don't play these games with them. If you leave that bathroom, your hands are dry and you don't smell like the fragrance hand wash that I put in there. You have to explain to me why. <laughs> why yeah i think about a lot with the bathroom like i'll have all of like different types of soap lotion extra towels extra toilet paper baby wipes q-tips makeup remover like all kinds of stuff honestly as the host like i want no one to have to ask me a question all night both for my sanity and for their experience <laughs> and especially like bathroom questions like i want them to have anything they need i want them to walk into the bathroom and be like oh good thank goodness there's a whatever there are so many things to consider yeah. entertaining is not just that you can't just be like hey everybody come over for a thing Ooh, pets oh. with people's Ooh. allergies with pet hair some people are like afraid of dogs. Do you, do your pets like try and eat food? Can people like not set things down? Like pets is definitely one that sometimes mm. people don't consider. Oh, I don't consider because I don't have a pet, but that's a really good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, because like we have a dog and he's very well behaved. He won't eat food even if you set it down. He won't he won't jump on people or jump on the counter. He's very well behaved. He's very friendly. But we have at least one friend that I know of who is afraid of dogs. Anytime that person is coming to a party, he's not at the party. Or if there are too many people at the party, he gets overwhelmed. So he's not at the party. But then there are some parties where he is there. He also has black fur, which gets on everything. So we have to like fur, especially if people are going to be dressed nice. Like you got to fur roll everything so they don't get covered in black dog hair somebody will spill something and then when you ask them oh what spilled they'll be like oh it was water bitch i know it's not water just fucking tell me what spilled so i know what i'm supposed to do to clean it like the way i would mm -hmm. clean water is not the way i would clean red wine especially if you hard have hardwood floors mm -hmm. or if you have a white leather couch you need to tell me exactly what spilled so i can quickly address it don't trust them assume what they spilled <laughs> is the most caustic shit that's going to ruin your stuff and pick the thing that's going to do the best cleaning possible don't like have your wipes, Clorox wipes handy. Please have that handy. All right. How do you decide who to invite? You need to know the, at least the personality of the main people in the room. Core group of people you invite have to get it. I don't know how to explain that. Like you have to know that they're socially aware. They know exactly how to pivot conversations. You need to invite somebody who always brings the right vibe. They're, you know, you have that friend who may be considered loud, but you know, they're a good time and you know, they are like, they're well-meaning, they're warm, kind people, but they are just there to bring the vibes. You need at least one of those people. And you need mm -hmm. to make sure that the, of the people you invite, make sure that they have been exposed to somebody else at the party who isn't you. Yes. Because for the sake of conversation, they will gravitate to the people they have already known. If you invite somebody who doesn't know anybody at all at the party and they come for the first time and you're the only, you're the only person they know, you must do a lot of the work to get them to open up to all the other people. How do you choose mm -hmm. or decide who to invite? I go through some similar calculus. It's something that's difficult, but kind of a fun thing about entertaining There's, because you have your individual personalities of like, who's going to be a big personality, who's going to whip the group into doing things when you want them to, or when you don't want them to. You have to think about like who is likely to cancel 
last minute or who will definitely be there, who's gonna be there super late. You don't wanna be like depending on one person for the vibe and like not take into account the fact that they're probably gonna be super late. So it's not like don't invite late people. Just don't depend on people who you know are often late for setting a vibe or like initiating an activity. Right. But it's also just like, who do I wanna see? Like sometimes it's like I'll, a starting point will be like, I haven't seen such and such in forever or like these people just moved here and like that's the starting point and the guest list gets built around something like that. And sometimes you invite somebody and they bring somebody else and you're like, hmm. Mm. Uh, we always have, first of all, I didn't say this earlier. When you're considering entertaining, always provide a surplus. Always, always, mm. always, always have a surplus. Because okay. you don't want people to like run out of stuff. You don't want people to be hungry. Like provide a surplus just in case. But the mm -hmm. thing that happens where somebody invites somebody that they're dating that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And then, because this, this could sometimes happen. Like they start dating somebody new and like you don't know how that dynamic is going to be. And then mm -hmm. you're just like, don't be that awkward couple at a party. Just don't. Please don't be the awkward couple at a party. If you have a somebody who's like a Debbie Downer or gets offended very quickly or is like a social justice warrior, if you have a friend who is a sad drunk, <laughs> that woe is me. Do not invite that person to anything. I'm sorry. They will bring the mood down so quickly. The people who like arguing, who are like, will be across the table from each other and like arguing super loudly and super passionately. And those two people are having a good time, but no one around them is having right. a good time because they're like bulldozing everyone else's conversations. Like a lot of times they're like, ooh, let's talk about something controversial. And everyone is like, that's mm, not. or could we not those people? And you need a plan to, you got to disrupt that if it starts happening. That is in and of itself a very important skill to have. Yep. I feel like it's good to have like a strategy we often employ is like my husband and I are sort of co like especially if it's at our place. We're co-hosting. So we're both doing things. And we have almost like deputy hosts who are people who are like they're not living here and they're not here for the full thing, but they like come early and they're like aware of what's going on and you can sort of tag them in to do things and like right. you can give them a look and be like mm, and they're like yeah, I got it. <laughs> the music is also very important. Shout out to I don't have a get together if my cousin can't make it. Mm. she is actually she's the main host and i'm the fucking co-host because she gets it she understands what vibe needs to be when she her playlists are always fire she never has a dud on the playlist it's always a good time so if i'm struggling and also i'm really bad with technology you know this i'm over here trying to figure out how to get the the speakers to sync and connect she's like over mm -hmm. here she got it like i can't get the tv to do the thing that i wanted to do she got it having those people around is nice i think decorating is not necessary but i think it can add a lot and i mm. find it very fun so like important <laughs> is maybe the wrong word, but it's very fun. It can it can add a lot and make it feel very much like a an event, like a thing. Like mm. I feel like that can often be what takes it from just like hanging out with friends to like an evening of entertaining. Like Yes. Thank God for ALEXA. <laughs> Shout out to her. Because like I don't have like you know the the light switches that are dimmers? I don't have those. Mm -hmm. But what I do have are smart lights. And I can ask her to dim it to fifty percent, ten percent, whatever it is that I need. And literally just that slight hue in lighting can really change the mood of the whole room mm -hmm. and she can also change the lights to whatever color i tell her so if yeah. i'm having like a, a pride night thing i can literally make the, the light rainbows so i don't have to go out of my way to add extra decorations so also with decorating it always takes longer than you think it's going to always <laughs> yes. always always i mean that's true with a lot of things with entertaining but decorating especially and a lot of decorations don't look good half done or require like you to have a bunch of stuff out to be in the middle of putting it together like mm. you definitely don't want like people to arrive and you're still like have a half hung banner and you have like eight rolls of tape and like markers and stuff like all over the place like that can become very stressful very quickly if you're only like partially done decorating physical decorations i do not those i'm sorry i'm not <laughs> out here trying to throw it. we're not doing those how extra is too extra <laughs>
We already know. The limit is only your imagination. <laughs> yes. The limit doesn't exist. How extra is too extra? It depends on what you're willing to commit to. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. a very extra event, but it takes commitment and it takes follow through. Mm-hmm. When you, but when you, oh, the feeling when you pull off an event that is so extra, like when people walk in and look at these like ridiculous decorations and you were like sitting there like making these stupid signs over and over and like all kinds of stuff but like it so pays off when people are like freaking out about the food and like love the decorations and like really show up like in a costume or in a theme like it's, it's so awesome good. and the thing is i would do the same if you invited me to a thing i'm like i'm not going to half step the assignment mm-hmm. because the fact that you invited me means you wanted me there so i can't just show up half stepping the thing i i would also if the theme was do extra and you said come over and do extra i'm not doing less than extra because mm-hmm. i'd be ruining the vibe if i did so yeah how extra is too extra? The limit doesn't exist. In some ways, it can add risk. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm referring mostly to food. For example, I think I've told the story before, or several stories before, about our Halloween party, house party from last mm-hmm. year, which ended up being extremely fun, but was like an absolute disaster up until the minute people got there. Like really just the messiest set of preparation ever. <laughs> and one of the things was we were running behind on food. Thank goodness for Halloween candy, because... The thing that was supposed to be served first were these gorditas, but with like jack-o'-lanterns. I wasn't involved with this. This was my husband, John, and another friend of ours. They had two like different colors of masa, cornmeal, so like black and orange. And they were going to like shape them into a jack-o'-lantern and then make these gorditas. But we were running so late. Neither of them had made gorditas before at all, much less ones with jack-o'-lantern shapes in them. (laughs) So that was supposed to be the first thing to go out. And they're like scrambling, trying to make these like jack-o'-lantern gorditas. And because they didn't know how to make gorditas at all, it wasn't even easy to pivot to just like regular gorditas instead of the like jack-o'-lantern ones. We ended up mixing that whole thing. Not a gordita was made that night. So we just had to skip to like the next course. And luckily we had stuff out because that's why you have stuff out. We had snacks, we had Halloween candy, but that sometimes you fly a little too close to the sun and you need to be prepared for if it doesn't work. I agree with that. I agree with that. What do you appreciate most as a guest? Oh, that's simple. What I just said. Actually, a better question would be, what do you hate as a guest? Ooh, let's ask that. Uh, Right. Yeah, I appreciate when people show up and they understand the vibe that you're going for and they participate. Like, I like when people show up and participate. I don't like people who show up and like, you know how people show up to a thing and they act too cool? I don't know how to say it. Like, the, the whole point is everybody's here to have a good time and people just show up acting a little too cool. Like... For instance, maybe we're doing mm-hmm. karaoke and you don't sing the words. Like, of course, everybody's off key, but come on, join the fun. Like, this not a, like, I like when people show up and like they get the assignment and they're there for a good time. So yeah, I like that. What do I appreciate? What do I hate most as a guest? Like, don't show up and ask the host, do you live here? <laughs> and don't also ask the host, who else lives here? Yeah. Those kinds of things I hate. Don't show up and ask very uncomfortable, stupid questions. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Enjoy the night. Uh, fuck off. I also don't appreciate people not following the house rules, even when they were clearly stated. But anyway, how about you? What do you appreciate and what do you hate most about having guests? Oh, as a guest or having guests. Did I answer that incorrectly? I mean, you answered a different question, but it's also a relevant question. Like when you're a guest at someone's entertaining thing, oh. like what do you appreciate or what do you dislike Okay. other people are entertaining? Um, what I, if I'm showing up to somebody's thing and I am the guest, I appreciate knowing that the person, A, First of all, invited me. Thank you so much for inviting me. But also the fact that they intentionally thought about the party. I want to show up there and say, oh, wow, I'm glad you actually thought about all of these things and kept me in mind and all the other guests in mind for us to have a good time. What I don't like if I'm showing up to somebody's thing as a guest is when they don't do that or when I show up to their place Mm -hmm. and their place is a mess. I don't care if the party has been going on for like Mm -hmm. an hour before I arrive. 
I should not show up to your house. And then I look over at your sink and I see the most vile, nasty, unwashed dishes. <laughs> that level of uncleanliness when I show up at somebody's place mm. and they're, they're supposed to be hosting. I'm like, no, so that means you didn't think this through. Do better. If you're the host and you have their dishes <laughs> in your sink, I'm sorry, I'm roasting you. But like, I sometimes I look over and I'm like, really? You didn't think that one through? I mean, a lot of it is just like the reverse of the things that I care about when I am the host. Cleanliness is one that like, I don't hold other people to as high of a standard as I hold myself. Like when I'm entertaining, like I, if, if I didn't get to something before the party, I will like see it and I'm like, oh God, I meant to dust that. Like, oh, it's so dusty. Like, <laughs> and meanwhile, like probably no one even notices it because it's like way off in the corner. But so like when I go over to other people's houses, like I don't mind things like a little clutter or something. So like, even if it's something that at my house, I would have been like freaking out about. I'm not too worried about it. I want to have certainty of things. I don't want to like, I don't want to be coming to the party and being like, uh, I don't know, are we supposed to bring something? Are we supposed to bring, like, will there be food? Will there be drinks? Like, oh, I, I want to know going in, like, should we dress up? Like, I, I want to know. I don't want, like, if it's dressed up or not, I don't care. If you want me to bring something, great. I just want to know. And then when I get there, I don't want to be like confused of like, are we allowed to eat that? Is it ready? <laughs> like, where do we get water? Like, are we supposed to be playing that game? Like, I just, I just want to like not think about it. I want it to flow. And right. that, that happens with like preparation and like communication beforehand. I always preface anybody who shows them like, look, <laughs> I'm technically the host, but don't act like, like you have piano arms. <laughs> I'm not going to do everything for you. Mm -hmm. I've laid out everything the best that I can. The water is over there. Don't ask me where the water is. It's right there. I like walk into the kitchen and figure it mm -hmm. out. But like, so, what I will say though is if I want to do something, like invite people over, I create a flyer. This is very important, guys. Listen mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. That flyer should have the address of the thing, the time that you think it's going to span, and it should have all of the information, meaning bring drinks, do not bring drinks, food will be provided. Those things have to be on that fucking flyer. And if there's a theme, put the theme on the flyer. Because what's yep. going to end up happening is if you invite somebody and they invite somebody else, you want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And it's very mm -hmm. simple for me to screenshot a flyer and forward it. Yep. So I always, I do my best to like, it, it takes me like, cause I'm really bad with technology. It'll t I'm like over here on Microsoft Word, <laughs> copying and pasting things, layering text mm -hmm. and fonts, but I put everything on that flyer. And as soon as I send that flyer, mm -hmm. you just read the flyer and you know, nobody's texting me on the, uh, what's the address? What's the, like, you already have the flyer. What, what time? I don't just put the start time, put the start and stop time. Because if I'm going to be late, and I'm going to be later than the stop time, I wouldn't even bother showing up. Yeah. Yeah. People make the mistake of being like, oh, if I like prepare too much and like, tell them too much and have all this structure like it's going to be unfun but like mm -mm. it's not like the more structure and the more preparation the easier it is for people to like relax and enjoy themselves yes you're i think you're right when you said that the things that you don't appreciate as a guest are the opposite of the things that you would do to make sure your guests are comfortable if you're the host yeah this is essentially the mm -hmm. same thing yeah oh and a random pro tip canva i don't know if you've ever used canva c-a-n-v-a I love that for making invitations. I tried Canva first. And when I realized like the one that I wanted to use cost money, I was like, I'll make it myself. How hard can it be? It took me a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> I should have paid the $4.99. I saw this at somebody's party and I'm going to start doing it more. This girl, shout out to this girl. She had a party and she had those, you know, those popsicle Ziplocs, the long ones. She had frozen cocktails mm -hmm. in those mm. and they were delicious and they yep. were good and they were individually wrapped. And then I the think the, they sell those Ziploc things with like a, a little, you know, those silicon funnels that are like accordion style folding so they store as a compact thing i saw her do it and i'm like oh, 
this is genius triple four times put like six trash bags in the trash can at once because you know what's gonna happen is if you're throwing a party and you only have one liner in there if you grab that liner before you turn around and put another liner in somebody has already put trash in that bin and now you have to be out mm -hmm. here like digging for the trash yep. so you can put a new liner in don't do that just put five at the same time save yourself time it is immensely helpful if at the end of the party because a lot of times the people who are there at the end are people you're a little closer to if everybody takes like five minutes, does like the tiniest bit of cleanup, it saves you like mm -hmm. so much later. Grab a few plates that people left places, stand this thing up, like throw this and this away. If they do that for like less than five minutes, it's incredible the amount of time it saves. <laughs> cleanup. I um, agree. Except I don't uh, do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, it happens at some parties and not others. Like the more you entertain, the easier entertaining mm -hmm. gets because you just end up realizing what you need. And it's like, oh, like I really ran out of serving spoons. And like, so the next time you probably have more serving spoons. And it's like, oh, I kept needing tape to tape this thing up. And like, before you know it, you're like getting ready to host something and you already have like tape markers, paper, napkins, like all of this, like right. at the ready. And you have like that weird cake thing or those kind of serving platters and stuff that you like, you just sort of accumulate things. A lot of those appetizer type things, Costco already makes them. You mm -hmm. just go to the food section and pick them up. You don't have to really think too hard about it. You want to make sure that you're not just the host. You are also having a good time. So anything you could do yes. to foolproof that, make sure that you're not running around like a headless chicken. And don't assume yep. anybody is smart enough to get things. Assume your guests are going to make silly mistakes. Not because they are dumb mm -hmm. people, which some of them are, but because everybody's having a good time kicking, drinking, they are just not going to pay attention to details. So they will mm -hmm. miss things. So just assume they're going to yep. miss the details. Already plan for yep. that. Like I know sometimes entertainment, entertaining yeah. or like hosting people for an event could seem like a daunting task. But you have to think about the number of people who, are, who you like to spend time with and live in the same city as you. The few times you see them in a year, time just keeps going and you don't have any good reason to see them. Mm -hmm. But if you throw a get together or a party, it gives an excuse for people to put a date in their calendar so they can all convene at the mm -hmm. same place and catch up with each other. And the older you get, the harder it's going to be to keep in touch with the people that you like spending time with. So entertaining more often mm -hmm. is just an easy way to guarantee that maybe maybe you'll have six get togethers in a year and maybe one person will only attend one out of those six or maybe they'll attend two. That means that's two more times in a year you'll see them versus zero. Especially if they mm -hmm. live in the same city as you. Yeah, just go ahead and say, hey, I'm throwing this thing. If you have a chance, please stop by. And if you do it more often, the more often you'll just build a community of people that you keep in touch with more often. And yeah. especially if, you're, if your parties are lit, people will always <laughs> remember your parties are lit and they'll keep coming back. So it'll be a good reason for people to get together and just catch up with each other. Especially at our age, we kind of just have to make ourselves do it. Otherwise, we'll never see each other. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Well said. So that concludes our episode on entertaining. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at BigMTPurse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. Next week, we'll be talking about To Be Determined. We try not to lie to you. Until then, good luck.